Hello, my name is Doug, and this is Mr. Wright. There is no pre-selected piece on this episode because this is one of the Abyss Stairs Back episodes for new listeners, or if you're coming back to us. I haven't done an Abyss episode in a long time. Um, an Abyss episode is when I talk about what is influencing me. So we're just going to get right into it, and the influences uh, lately have been wild and varied. Uh, first off, uh, in terms of dialogue, I would say uh, a new influence is reading Eric Powell's The Goon about the entire series in library format, which is daunting. Uh, the library format is very large, very heavy, very nice um, to look at, but uh, hard to travel with, uh, even difficult to read uh, in the bathroom. Eric Powell does this weird, like, old-school gangster story with zombies and the supernatural, uh, which is fun. The art is gorgeous. Uh, but the dialogue in which he uses is just phenomenal. It reminds me a lot of kind of a predated Johnny the Homicidal Maniac by uh, Jonan Vasquez in terms of just the turns of phrase and the verbiage he uses, how each character does sound unique, uh, whether it's the goon himself or his sidekick or any of the other characters, even side characters, a giant spider that they play poker with. It is phenomenally funny, and like I said, the dialogue is so unique that it just hits you in the face, and it's been a long time since I've read anything like that. Though, speaking of being hit in the face by things, you know, that, that it hasn't in a long time, I have gone back and started reading some, uh, the note says, Vintage Warren Ellis. I recently did pick up uh, the first omnibus of Planetary and The Authority, uh, both uh, trade paperbacks, graphic novels written by Warren Ellis, and it is one where there is a line in Planetary that I read probably 20 years ago or 15 years ago that still strikes me dead in the brain. Uh, the issue is, I believe, the second or third issue in Planetary where these Japanese cultists go to this kind of frozen island in between Japan and Russia, and one of them is complaining about how cold it is, and the uh, leader, the cult leader, uh, says it is good to have our genitals frozen into small blue dead things. Doesn't sound, it just sounds weird, um, and it, it is, uh, but reading it 15 years ago just struck me as so unique and odd uh, of a voice um, of, of a character of, uh, as a writer with Warren Ellis, who's a huge influence on, on all of my work, um, that even reading it almost two decades later still struck me and I laughed and went, oh, I'm so glad I'm going back to this. Speaking of going back, I did go back to a book series, uh, actual novels called the X series by Peter Kleins, C L I N E S. And I kind of took a break from it for a couple years. Uh, it's a five-book series. I had read through the third book. I ended up getting the fourth and fifth book uh, over the holidays for myself. And what had stopped me from reading these books was something that I am very careful not to do. And I will get into the premise of the books in a moment, but I do want to get to why I kind of 
hit a wall is that Klein's really <laughs> just expects you to know very specific uh, local references in terms of the layout of L.A. and its surrounding areas. I don't know that much about L.A. and its surrounding areas. When he says they went to the campus of Beverly, I don't have a frame of reference for that. I don't know what campus they're going to. Um, I have a hard time picturing... I mean, I can picture Beverly Hills a neighborhood, but Beverly the street, I, it, it's, it's a blank. So it, it did put kind of a stopgap on reading the books. Um, the premise is phenomenal. It's effectively The Avengers meets The Walking Dead. It's a uh, post-zombie apocalypse story involving superheroes who have created like a survivor camp. Everything except for the local geographic references is great. I really do like it. He's a, a very visceral writer, very detailed in terms of the fight scenes, um, but not very detailed in terms of character development. He It just... There is character development, but it's kind of just very quick and very blocky. Um, a little stiff, I would say, sometimes. Um, especially coming back to, from, you know, taking years off between book three and book four. I mean, yeah, I had kind of a fuzzy memory of what was going on in the story as a whole. But in terms of the character development from the first three books, I suddenly remembered. I was like, oh yeah, he just goes... Not it's not as bad as like and then he was good or then he was bad like it's not that it does show progression of personality but uh, it is very quick um, very truncated and I had forgotten that he did that and finally speaking of action scenes this one uh, kind of caught me off guard in terms of being an influence but. Um, Months and months ago, I got a PlayStation 4 and have been slowly getting back, well, not slowly, um, jumping into the deep end, but I've been getting back into video games, and one that I had never played, and I ended up getting the entire series, uh, it's five games, um, and I'm on the fourth one right now, is the Uncharted series by Naughty Dog. And effectively, it follows Treasure Hunter Nathan Drake. Uh, it's very Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider, um, a lot of puzzles and running around and shooting bad guys. But the stories are so engrossing that I just fell in love with the character. And I fell in love with the dialogue. Uh, it makes me laugh out loud. It's like playing like a really edgy Indiana Jones movie. Um, I, I think they're great. Once again, I slammed through the first three games because the world is so... It just grabs you by the throat and and pulls you into the world. And I mean, it's it's a real world. It's not like there's no fantasy elements. There's no dragons to suddenly suspend your belief. But I found that just the story of you know him trying to find the treasure and the bad guys are extremely three dimensionally um, developed. They're not just you know two dimensional. I want to get the treasure and rule the world. Um, they have their own motivations. It, some of the best bad guys think they're good guys. Um, and you see that in the Uncharted games. Um, you also see like kind of the murky morality of our hero, Nathan Drake, at some points. Um, who has a mysterious past that doesn't get explored uh, a little bit into the third game. But otherwise, you still don't really know that much about him other than he's suave, he's dashing, but he's, you know, he's not perfect. Uh, you find that out throughout the game that, you know, he does make mistakes, he does make the wrong calls, and there are times that he 
finds himself in morally gray areas and he questions himself. You don't really see that in a lot of action-adventure video games. So I was really, really impressed by the writing of these games. That's what got me in more than the game mechanics uh, was the characters, the dialogue, the stories. And I did not expect to be talking about a video game um, in terms of writing influences ever. Um, uh, so there you have this episode of The Abyss Stares Back, or I think I call it Son of the Abyss. Um, the last one was Return to the Abyss, and you know I'll keep doing kind of the classic horror titles for the Abyss because I think it's fun. So I hope this gave you a few new things to check out, read, watch, play. So remember, you keep writing, they'll keep reading. Right on. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.